0: Hello and welcome to this episode of Feed, Play, Love and Helpline. It's your opportunity to ask all the questions you have about sleep, behaviour, feeding. Today we're joined by baby sleep consultant Hannah Myers and she can help guide you through uh, whatever it is you are facing, whatever challenges you might be having at the moment. Hi Hannah, how are you?
1: Hello, good morning. Good, how are you?
0: Good. Thank you. So if you're watching us live via Facebook, you can pop your questions below the video. If you're listening via the podcast, you're better off emailing us at at helplineattheparentbrand.com.au and we'll get to your questions next week. Those of us who join us live, of course, they can ask Hannah their questions now. We also have a helpline group on Facebook, so you can post your questions there. But let's get cracking. We have an email from Louise who says, my daughter is turning one in a couple of days and lately she's taking a very long time to fall asleep both naps and bedtime. She rolls around in her cot anywhere between 20 to 45 minutes until she eventually gives in. Her routine is wake up 6.30 to 7, one hour morning nap at 9.30 or 10, one and a half to two hour afternoon nap at 1.30 or 2, and bedtime 7 or 7.30. Should I cut down on her naps a little or longer awake times she only falls asleep if I hold her hand and not sure if this has something to do with it and how I can avoid doing this every time she sleeps.
1: Ah, uh, a couple of things there. It's a good age, that one. It's lot, very, very busy and lots going on. Um, Day nap. So the thing that stands out at this age group, I really like, so what Louise is doing is what I call a medium, medium nap routine. So it's a medium size nap in the morning, medium size nap in the afternoon. And I'm a big fan of a short little 30 minute nap in the morning and then a longer lunchtime nap. It just puts that emphasis back on them having that really nice, you know, couple of hours downtime in the day. And I like to establish that nap because that's going to, Um, see them well into their toddler years basically so you get that established from an early age so I would say she's probably not going down for naps because she's not tired enough so if she's had a big one hour nap in the morning um, I'm sort of not surprised she's fighting that second nap which then becomes quite late in the day because she's not falling asleep and then bedtimes will progressively become later and later and what you'll find if you um, continue to keep that nap at one hour in the morning is she'll not only fight nap too, but she'll probably skip it altogether at some point and that is scary. That's overtired territory. So <laughs> I would say to her um, definitely do little little morning nap of 30 minutes second nap should be about sort of twelve thirty for two hours and then go with a nice um, early bedtime of six thirty because that's going to give you your best chance of getting 12 hours overnight in terms of the settling with the hand holding if it's something you've always done it's probably not a settling problem um if it's a new thing that could be the case like she's just relying on it now each nap but if that has always been your regular routine and it's always been quite brief and um she just falls asleep with a little bit of hand-holding. I don't think that's probably the issue. I'd say it's more of just capping that morning nap to get everything else in the day lining up.
0: Excellent. Good luck, Louise. Our next question comes from Jacqueline on Facebook. She says, hi, how can I get my child to sleep longer at night? He goes to bed around 7, 7.30, but always wakes at five. He's always grumpy and tired. And he is
1: four years old. Four years old. Okay, so... I wonder if this little guy is napping in the day. If he is, definitely cut it. Um, The other thing you could do, early wakes are usually almost always down to overtiredness, um, which you'd think it would be the opposite. You put your baby to bed late. They should sleep later in the morning, but they just don't. It's like when us as adults, when we go to bed and we've had a really, really, big day adrenaline's high we've got xyz going on we're really tired you think you're going to go to sleep and have this gorgeous 12 hour sleep but you don't you usually don't sleep very well and that's kind of what happens with babies as well or or children so what I would say with this guy is to bring bedtime forward so first thing would be drop nap if he's napping bring bedtime forward to like 6 37 as opposed to 7 38 because I'd say he's probably you know going into the night Overtired already, and that's contributing to the mornings. And doing that early bedtime, again, as I said with Louise, the last question, that's your best chance of getting those twelve hours overnight. So if we rely on like a seven thirty, eight o'clock bedtime, you're kind of relying on the fact that your child's going to sleep until seven thirty, eight in the morning, and they're just not going to ever do that because the birds are up, suns up. So <laughs> if they figure out how to do that, please let me know. <laughs> but it's impossible. Yeah. So I'm a big fan of the early, early bedtime. Um, and also early morning wakes, it depends what you're doing when he wakes at that time. Are you getting him up out of bed? Are we reinforcing that? Oh, that's okay. It's time to, you know, get up now. Um, so being really consistent with, you know, enforcing that no, it's time to stay in bed, whether that be with some resettling or however you sort of want to go about it. But I would always make it a thing to stay in his bed at least till 6.30 or 7. Definitely.
0: Okay. All right. We have a question from Sarah on Facebook. She says, I need help getting my baby to self-soothe. She's eight months old. Everyone just picks her up. My eldest child is 12 and is my main one who will just pick her up. I asked her not to always be holding her and now she won't self-soothe. Self-soothe.
1: Self-soothe. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's why so that's so
0: hard to say. <laughs>
1: um, Eight months old. So self-soothing like that sort of comes down to a bit of sleep training, I suppose. And there's heaps of things. There's so many different variations of sleep training and it completely depends on your parenting style. Um, I think when a bub is quite reliant on all that input and being held and being picked up, which this bub sounds like she is, I'd start off with something a bit gentle. So rather than holding her to help her fall asleep, um, try, you know, pop her in the cot and do some padding and shushing for a few days with pickups you know, every 10 minutes or so, she's absolutely losing it. Um, and then once you kind of got that down to a small window and you're getting off to sleep, with just patting and shushing, you can move away from the cot a bit. And then every day you sort of move to get out of the room. Um, so that's what I would do just because she is so reliant at the moment, it would be a little bit uh, to go cold turkey and just take any help away. Um, but then, you know, some people would prefer just a bit of a out-of-room thing where you pop them in and just come back in and out at um short intervals. So um that's fine too. It's really there's so many different sort of variations of how to teach a bub to self-soothe, basically. But the key is just consistently. So pick what you're doing, go with it, stick it out. It's not fun, but stick with it.
0: Um, and I'm wondering wondering as well, um, I mean, this is, again, a non, I always have to preface non-expert advice here, but Sarah, <laughs> I know with my eldest, my daughter, she's uh, nine, so a bit younger than a 12-year-old. But I do find sometimes that older children love to be involved in problem solving. So maybe if you yep. can talk to her about the advice that Hannah's given you and say, hey, yeah. this is what we're thinking could you help me with this um yeah instead of saying don't do it as we know children hate being told (laughs) not to do something but if you actually invite her in and say hey this is what we're going to try it's going to be a bit tough but let's let's see how we go
1: definitely Um, definitely it's a a group effort you know and um I think empowering Mm. older children to feel like they're helping as opposed to hindering is is huge and um oh gosh, you might get her in there doing the patting and shushing and then you've got the whole evening to yourself. <laughs> that's what I would oh, do. I've just, been,
0: I've just got a note here saying she's actually eight weeks, not eight months.
1: Oh, eight weeks. Okay, well, eight weeks, um, that's quite different. We're not really doing any sleep training or things like that. Um, you'd be sort of holding... there's not really a lot wrong with holding an eight week old. You've got all the time in the world to work on the self-soothing. So you can go back in the video and look at that, that advice for down the track. But for now I would just cuddle her, love her, let her big sister sort of smother her and hugs and things. And when you feel the time is right and you can see a window where she's looking really tired, um, that's when you can kind of try putting her down drowsy, but awake, And again, get the 12 year old involved and say, all right, before her eyes close." you know, this time let's pop her in and keep your hands on her and we'll just see what happens and just practice, just practice. But eight weeks mm. old is, is, um, I mean, massive bonus if you've got one of these amazing newborns that you can put down awake and they go to sleep, but they just don't, don't all do that and that's okay. It's very biologically normal at that age to need that reassurance.
0: Yeah, and she says Sarah's probably worried that if she keeps doing it, then she'll get past that stage. And
1: and then you've got, yeah, then you've got this whole, on and, that. and people do, they, they stress about creating habits very early, but um, there's nothing that you can't sort of undo. It's everything can be fixed in a matter of days. There's no... Um, there's, you can't spoil a newborn, um, ruin a newborn for down the track. You, you just really like you'll pick a window at about three or four months where you'll say, "Okay, I think I'm ready to work on some self settling now." Um, but mm. yeah, for now, they they don't really have that capacity to to form really strong sleep associations uh, associations anyway. So I wouldn't be worrying too much yeah. about what's happening day to day.
0: When can they form sleep associations? So if Sarah's thinking, okay the baby's eight weeks now and um, this is what we're doing because I remember in my head correct me if I'm wrong with my son my second child I was like oh I did everything wrong right with my daughter, but I remember hearing that at six months was when he could form habits. So yeah. I did all the cuddling and the co-sleeping before six months. And then and I then stopped. Is then, there yeah. an age Probably
1: that... a touch earlier. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd sort of say, yeah, so I'll sleep train um, gentle methods, but I'll, I'll encourage self-soothing and positive sleep associations from about three, probably four months Um that's when yeah. I, That's when they can kind of recognise how they've fallen asleep and they tend to start to need that association to stay asleep. So that's where your catnaps and wake frequent night wakings and things come into it. So around that time, I start to see a trend of, oh, this bub's relying on X, Y, Z because that's how they fell asleep. So, yeah, about three or four months, I'd say. But each to their own, you know, like every okay. baby's so different at that age, they're still all, there's a massive variance, that sort of stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, good luck, Sarah, and hopefully your elder child can actually um, yeah.
1: what a great <laughs> helper. Help, not him Use down. that. Use that to your I own know. The <laughs> Positive fantastic. reinforcement. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, doing well. Just patch. Um, this question comes from Angela on Facebook. It's um, about a, uh, how much sleep do six-month-old babies need? Is it normal for them to only nap? 20 minutes at a time, three times throughout the day?
1: Oh, I'd like to see more day sleep at that age. Um, You'd be looking at a total of about three, three and a half hours over two to three naps. So again, what we talked about earlier, I like a short morning nap, about 30 minutes. Um, Establish a really nice long lunch one with the aim of it being sort of two two hours 15 and then at six months um Bub will probably still need a little 30 minute nap to then get them through to bedtime at 6 30 and then oh gosh in a perfect world you'd be getting your 12 hours but you might um might have one to two feeds still at, at six months and that's fine so i know that sounds like a massive jump up from three 20 minute naps um but this is probably over tiredness i'd say cat napping at this age so um bring your little awake windows you know a bit shorter so about two hours, 20 minutes, two and a half hours in between and and sort of go from there.
0: And so should Angela just start um, settling sooner? Is that what you're saying? And then she might be thinking, oh, they're not tired. But if she starts sooner, she might find that. Yeah, we're probably
1: on an overtired cycle here. So I just, um, bub wakes in the morning, get your timer out and do your, say, two and a half max. So we're starting to settle just before that window's sort of up. You don't want to go overtired, but you don't want bub undertired either. And then, yeah, wake them at the 30-minute point for the first nap. Two and a half hours starts again. Bub sleeps for hopefully two hours. If not, give that nap a really good resettle go to start to work on that one. Say, okay, so my big long lunch nap of the day, um, I'm going to pick some resettling techniques and really work on this to establish it. Um, And then when Bub's up for that one, your two and a half started again, basically.
0: Yeah. Okay. Good luck, Angela. This question comes from Nicole on Facebook. I have a two and a half year old with a developmental delay and has, who has never slept through, and have been advised melatonin via a paediatrician, he mm-hmm. goes to sleep well but wakes between 11 and 1 every night and cannot resettle. We end up bringing him up into us because we are exhausted and need to function the next day. He only naps a maximum of one hour a day. Have tried many times to do intermittent sleep settling, however, no success. He knows, we know he needs more sleep, but just don't know how to make it happen. Do you have something we could start with? We just don't want to rely on melatonin always.
1: Yeah, of That's course. So melatonin definitely has its place in the sleep world for sure, um, but it is a band aid for whatever's happening before. It can kind of just help when kids aren't sleeping well, it can help to sort of rejig that body clock and then you wean back off it. And then hopefully you've sort of got a good basis to go from again. And I tend to find that melatonin um, really helpful with bedtime, but it's got a sort of short shelf life. So by 11 p.m. midnight ish, which is exactly what's happening here, um, it's worn off and we've got their waking issue so with um with this little one with the delays i would i'd definitely go for an in-room technique so rather than reinforce it, it's time to get up and come into mum's bed um just say right our aim from now on is going to be to spend the whole night in in bub's room so um you know when when he or she waits you go in there sit down really giving lots of sort of reassurance um with this particular child so you could lay with Um, the child for a few nights and then sort of gradually move back bit by bit over the course of a few nights again. Um, You could start with some patting and shushing if you think that that would help, but I'd definitely be going in and just doing your settles in there with the child as opposed to you know anything like control crying um, with the bub with this sort of situation.
0: Oh my God, a two and a half year old control crying sounds like a Uh, nightmare.
1: And the stamina is like yeah, it's, it's tough. It's
0: really <laughs> they, they tough. They will
1: go for hours and hours. So I think yeah. at that age you've got to find a line between saying, okay, this child's going to go, for, could literally cry for two or three hours, which is not, not great. So let's, um, you know, make it a bit easier and do an in-room and hopefully then we can also reinforce that they're not coming into our bed but we're also getting on top of a bit of sleep here hopefully too but yeah you'll need to talk to your doctor about weaning off the melatonin because it seems like it's done its job for bedtime but it doesn't really have that much effect on your night wakes that's more of like a you know sleep training issue
0: This next question comes from Nida uh, from our helpline group. She says, hi, Hannah. Do you have any tips for getting my four and a half year old to fall asleep independently? He's always been a bad sleeper and needed us to put him down for the past year. He's been sleeping better through the night, but still needs us to sit next to his bed until he's fully asleep. How can we encourage him to transition from this to settling for bed himself after a bedtime story? He's not been a huge fan of audio books, but I could try again. Any ideas are much appreciated.
1: Yeah, sure. So again, not unsimilar to the two and a half year old that we were just chatting about. So um as children get older, they're not as tired. So if you have been having input with helping a child fall asleep for however many years, as they get older and older and older, that bedtime becomes longer and longer and longer. um, And the resistance just kicks off and and feels like it doesn't end. So I definitely do um, a bit of a gradual withdrawal approach, which is what we talked about a few times here today. So starting off with not necessarily laying, but padding and just sitting, padding, I'm right here. if he gets up and comes out of the bed at all then you just pop him back down we're not engaging we're not fighting we're not chatting we're not playing it's just i'm here to bore you to sleep basically and you're just returning <laughs> returning to bed over and over and over um and do that for two or three days and then again you're going to move sort of a meter back or halfway to the the door again um and i love a baby gate for this age i know i know it's probably four and a half sounds weird to have a baby gate but i i think it's for safety reasons as well it reinforces know you know this is our bedtime we stay in here overnight and also with this age group you just don't know like he could get up and be walking around the house all night <laughs> um if mum and dad are heavy sleepers you just would never know so don't be afraid of, of getting that sort of safety device on the door so you know, a four and a half year old would quite probably like to have the door open. And I think that's fine. Um, They don't generally like doors being closed in their faces. Um, And a baby gate just kind of gives them that sort of empowerment that they're still part of the house, but they're safely in there. And it does help to to obviously stop that, um, you know, resistance of getting up and coming out of the room and, you know, doing all that. So definitely Mm. gradual if they're that used to having that much help.
0: Yeah. And I, look, from my perspective, my kids, are both the same still, and they're almost seven and nine. Sorry, yeah. that's not, that's not helping you, Nita, but um, <laughs> what I, what I learned in t- terms of getting them to sleep was um, what someone else once told me to do, which was say, okay, we've done our story, whatever the bedtime routine is, I'm just going to go clean my teeth. I'll be back in five minutes. Yeah. And just yeah. finding reasons to go out and then come mm-hmm. back in, and then you just now, my blesser, my poor nine-year-old says, "You're going to come and check on me, aren't you, Mum?" And I'm like, "Sure." And then I put something on Netflix, and then I'm sitting yeah. there
1: and I'm like, "Oh." And then I go in, and she's asleep. Yeah. So that's a really nice version of control crying. So it's it's mm-hmm. the intervals without the crying. I love that. Yes. Yes. So Cause you're cause popping they think back coming in. Back hundred percent and they they will fall asleep at some point like these are the little busy kids you know so they're gonna they're gonna conk out at some point um but I love that it keeps everyone calm in the interim and you are popping back in to check on them and keep your word so yeah. I think you're onto something chef that's really oh, good well, thanks
0: <laughs> well I do I empathize with Netta but I also know that we are the ones that have kind of created this problem because yeah. we've always helped our kids go to sleep mm-hmm. and and I often think about how I get to sleep so when I can't sleep I put on a meditation or yoga Mm -hmm. nidra and i will probably always use that i'm probably never going to wean myself off that yeah but it's what works to calm my mind down and i feel Mm -hmm. like kids need the same thing sometimes this is the
1: thing like it's not a problem unless it's a problem
0: like yes.
1: if that's a problem 100%. for you you'd be remedying it it's obviously not there's nothing wrong yeah. with doing that what works for one household is completely different what I think is a great bedtime would be very different to what you would think it's just it's a very personal thing for each family mm. um and you're right like if I had um you know the wrong pillow and the temperature wasn't how I liked it and the blinds were all weird I, I wouldn't be able to get to sleep either we all have our little you know, regimes and, and how we want things to be at bedtime. And, and you're exactly right. Kids are, are the same. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, anyway, good luck, Nita. We hope that this helps and that soon you are doing as I am. <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> try to yourself while you child. Don't
1: put that Netflix on.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> this next question comes from Jessica on Facebook. She says, my daughter is three years old and refuses to stay in bed. It's affecting my and my husband's sleep. She sleeps till 7 a.m. but stays awake all day and gets overtired and then refuses to go to bed then screams and cries. Bedtime is 9 p.m. but she's usually up till midnight. Oh Jessica you poor thing. Oh my god I'm tired hearing that. (laughs) Me too I'm in (laughs) bed by nine. Um, We put her back to bed then she gets out of bed again and again and again. Some days she gnats others she doesn't I also I also have a one-year-old who sleeps well thank goodness the one-year-old sleeps good Hannah what can she do with a three-year-old
1: okay this three-year-old sounds extremely overtired um so obviously you bring that 9 p.m. bedtime way 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 forward um so what happens when kids are overtired they've been awake for a long time been awake all day they've usually been at kindy or running around or whatever and when they're to try and stay awake their bodies create a huge influx of adrenaline cortisol it's like when you you know when you look at a child who's really tired and they're like bouncing off the walls acting absolutely insane and you go oh that's he's so tired she's so tired it's the same thing at bedtime they've we want them to go to bed but they've got all this adrenaline all this cortisol sitting up here And they just can't relax. And so when we bring bedtimes forward and we get on top of overtiredness, we see those levels decrease and settles actually become a lot easier. So I'd be working on bringing that right back to, oh, I'd probably start at 6.30 for this one, because you know it's gonna be a bit of a battle initially. Um, So half the problem would be overtiredness, the other half of the problem would just be habit. So she's used to this bedtime game. and again, I'd, as we just chatted about, I'd do the baby gate for a, for a child this age, definitely, if they're in the habit of getting up and coming out. Um, and then you can, again, pick whatever settling technique suits her temperament and your parenting style, whether it be your gradual withdrawal or with coming out of the, the room bit by bit each night, or just doing the intervals of popping her back in bed while she's at the gate in between. It's completely up to you. But um, I'd say bedtime has a lot to do with this
0: and what are your thoughts about things like audiobooks i mean i've spoken to other sleep Mm. consultants about this um i love the bedtime explorers that kindling does because it's it's the same as my yoga nidra but for kids so it's teaching them to kind of suit themselves and settle themselves um sometimes actually my husband uses podcasts which I think, make them excited and keep them up. Yeah. And, and that's why I yeah. kind of avoid audiobooks. I do use them sometimes, but sometimes I'm like, you're just like me, you want to find out what happens. So you're not going to go to sleep. Yeah. Um, it's, so- it's,
1: uh, look, to be honest, I like the kindling up as well. We use it for bedtime wind down, but when it's bedtime, it's off It's, you know, off. Because, it's yeah. because it's a sleep association and what will happen, um, if they fall asleep listening to a book, how do we know that once that is switched off, they're not going to then stir it, you know, midnight and go, hang on. They don't know it. They don't know how much time has passed. They're just like, where's my book? Where's my audio book? And it can actually be act as a bit, yeah, as you said, overstimulating. So I'm love them for a wind down period. And we sort of just spend 10 minutes on the kindling app, um, listening to like a little story or whatever. And we all kind of just slow down for the day. Um, But when it comes to bed, it's, they they're doing the work on their own. Totally. So, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, but they we'll are they're a great little to addition at times.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that's what Highly you recommend. can find that if you're interested. Excellent. Recommended by Hannah, Hannah my <laughs> sleep consultant. I personally uh, and use we'll it pop it in the kids. links in here. Yeah. oh my god what i'm sorry i should let you say that in a whole sentence and we'll just use it on advertising <laughs> um but we'll put links if you're interested this comes from kelly on facebook live my seven month old has to be fed to sleep and once asleep will only sleep for 20 to 40 minute blocks and he's hard to resettle back to sleep day and night are the same thing he's my fourth bub and i'm a bit lost fair enough kelly
1: yeah so this is a um this comes back to that sleep association um issue so how a baby falls asleep is how they want to need to stay asleep so it's not unlike what we've chatted about with our um you know yoga going or the pillow or you know if your baby knows nothing other than going to sleep on the breast or you know some people rock to sleep whatever um You kind of trick them into going to sleep. I'm guessing that you'll transfer Bub down. And then when they naturally go into this next little light sleep phase, Bub's just going, hang on, where the hell is she? She was just here. I think I'll have that boob back. Thank you. And then crying out until they get it. And by that point, we're on this cycle now where Bub's awake again. So the key to independent resettling where Bub's just linking cycles in and out and having nice long sleeps is to work on self-settling. So a fed to sleep Bub would need some pretty gentle sort of, um, sleep training so I'd, I'd be sort of looking at padding and shushing and um picking up as needed because I do find that babies that are fed to sleep have obviously a very high reliance on falling asleep so you've got to be careful with how you go about it you've got to kind of really sort of baby them in other ways with your padding and your shushing um rather than just go straight to putting them down and walking away
0: yeah Yep. Good luck, Kelly. Um, Sarah is back. She has another question about her three-year-old. She says, my three-year-old girl has started wetting herself since the new bub was born. She's been 100% toilet trained since 17 months. Wow, that seems young. But now will wet herself at least three times a day, even at preschool. Oh, poor thing.
1: Yeah, so really common, like that's a massive thing for her little life to have a new baby come on board. So I would say it's it's likely if it's lined up with when bubs has arrived and it's probably got to do um you know with that sort of adjustment so just lots of lots of reinforcement getting the three-year-old involved in the routine with the new baby and you know i know it's impossible but finding just a little bit of one-on-one time with her um i wouldn't make too much of a big deal about the the wedding herself to be honest you just clean up and move on she will she will move past it um toilet training regressions with any child is quite common, especially when something big happens, like a new sibling joins the family. So I just um, kind of prioritise some some time with her. Um, don't stress too much about the weaning, just move on when it happens. Um, yeah. And just sort of help her feel, because it's kind of, it's a way of them sort of almost reverting back to being little babies themselves because they're feeling insecure. So you work on sort of building her up and then everything else should catch up as well.
0: We have, two minutes left. So I'm going to um, squeeze one more question in. Um, This is from Serene. Um, My four month old baby has learned that he can roll himself onto his side in his sleep. I know that the recommendations uh, are to sleep him on his back at least until six months of age. So should I do something to try and stop him from rolling he's not tightly swaddled anymore we use a sleep sack which leaves his arms free um hold on where am i i do roll him to his back but it wakes him up what should mm. i be doing
1: oh it's so tricky the the rolling issue Wreaks havoc with even the best sleepers. So, the first thing is what you've already done take his arms out right away. If babies can roll swaddle, then they, the swaddle goes away instantly. Mm-hmm. Um, my sort of take on the rolling is if he's got his arms free and he he's rolled himself onto his tummy. You can kind of just leave them. I wouldn't have a baby face planting down. You'd kind of gently move their head. Um, But if they, the logic is that if they can get there, they can get themselves back, you know, around or they can use their hands to push up off the mattress if they need it. So that survival instinct will have kicked in um, by that age. So it's, and then you, you find that at this age, when bubs have started to roll we get stuck in this cycle of a bad sleep habit started because we're rolling them back over waking rolling back over waking and then you've got a whole other sleep issue happening so as hard as it is i'd be giving bub a little bit of space keep a very close eye you'd be wanting to watch your monitor and make sure that they're not face down um but it is really scary when they move onto their tummy but and it's just us switching that mentality of like look they got there themselves, they're, mm. they're okay. They've got their arms free. Um, you just kind of let them roll with it a little bit. And if you do find that you're, that you're not comfortable and you're needing to roll back, um, try do like just half the work. So sort of bringing the arm under and, and nudging them so that they are kind of doing sort of 50% of them, themselves. Um, and the other thing you can do is just heaps of um, floor play when they're awake and, and just practising, practising, practising.
0: Yeah. Well, good yep. luck with that. And uh, Hannah, we are right on 12 o'clock. So thank oh, you so much for God, your it goes time fast. today. I it could does, talk about sleep I? all day. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me. I think that people watching could listen to you talk about sleep oh. all day. Thank you so much for all those tips.
1: Thanks for having me. Hopefully um, see you soon.
0: Yes, and I shall also mention that uh, Babyology has the parent school. Hannah is one of our experts. So if you haven't been able to get online today and ask her a question, you can book a one-on-one session with her where she'll answer all your questions and guide you to hopefully a good night's sleep, which is what we all want. (laughs) Um, And also I should mention for Sarah who asked the question about um, her three-year-old and uh wedding herself we do have monica who is an expert in toilet training so we do know that as um, hannah mentioned this is probably associated with the little baby coming along but i'm sure she's got extra advice for that as well if you're keen you'll find her on the website i'll make sure we put links in the notes of the podcast but also on our facebook live hannah i will see you
1: thank soon. you see you next thank time you.